Please enjoy part two of session number nine of At My Age podcast. In high school, we're going to get into shit. Like, yeah. that's what you do. Right. It's wild to think about this because I don't talk about this a lot, like especially during that time. And I will guarantee that none of my family knows any of what we're talking about right now. Really? No, no way. Like, no. How do you feel about that? Them knowing right now? I, I mean, said and done now come check my taxes i'm i'm by the books now, now I mean, yeah you're, you're i'm like i'm okay like, like you're the out of all, now out of all my friends you're doing the best out of all my friends thank you, you know yeah so, hey thank you yeah i mean get there somehow there's no doubt about and that, to be absolutely like, honest my and my uncles were doing the same shit back in high school like my cousins were doing the same shit back in high school i, I don't know why and and again i had no connection to like my cousins or my uncles but now that i'm older they tell stories about what they were doing and it was all the same stuff everyone messing up or doing stupid shit but then also we were all kind of around that stuff like or at least making a business off of it i should say that everyone that has what i like my tree and again i was doing stupid shit but honestly i i made a small business and sustained myself for those years out of that so i'm making it sound more glamorous than it was but it really was true i was taking profits i had money to put in my bank account i paid my guys on time like a return on investment yeah like i was okay like i was doing fine and um that helped me after all was said and done to when I got into the corp like the corporate world with my cousins um the hustle mentality of what we know now is like grind 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 that was installed in me at a very young age because of what I went through but also like corporately I give all the credit to my cousins Michael and Andrew like they provided me a company that I could come in and learn and very heavy Chris's kids Chris's kids yeah Chris's kids Michael and Andrew and who else I, I- and Ashley and Ashley, yeah. who was just on. on the pod, exactly. She, they, they allowed me to come in. After Michael actually fired me after I got out of college because the one stipulation yep. was to go back to college, and I kind of blew it off. And one day, how the story goes, on a okay. Friday, I just moved in with my then wife into an apartment over on Scottsdale, the one hundred and one, right across from Lifetime, like a good apartment. And maybe two or three months in, I'm living the high life. I'm making like six hundred dollars a week, like living the dream as an eighteen, nineteen year old. And she's from California, mind you that. So we just got this apartment and Michael calls me, I'm pretty sure from the club because his wife heard to the grapevine that I wasn't going back to school and that was the rule. And he called me at a table and he's like, you don't come to work on Monday. I was like, what? And he's like, you're fired. You did, not do, you did not keep up your end of the bargain. Do not come to work on Monday. And at that time I was like his executive assistant, like doing awesome shit and he was blowing up. And he fired me on the spot. And so after that, we had to break our lease. So that's when I moved to California. Whoa. Yeah. Like he legitly said, dude, like on, on a Friday night, you are not welcome in our office. I'm shutting off your car, your uh, key card. Like you're done. Like I will give you your final paycheck. No severance, no nothing. And that was a shot. And so I worked at Bed Bath & Beyond for a little bit to make some money. And then her dad was a business account manager for Hollywood for... Netflix for all that kind of, that's how I originally moved to California and 818 818 and yeah that's how that all worked but he yeah totally fired me and lo and behold uh he fired me again eight years later after all said and done but yeah. they taught me how to that guy can sell ketchup to a woman in white gloves that Michael guy I mean he was insane and he taught like Wolf of Wall Street style get into an office rally hundreds of people every really? morning like he was he grew that business if it wasn't for so Andrew Michael and Andrew Andrew trans exactly started the business and he got Michael to build what they call a 3PL which is a brokerage and all it is you build a bunch of people they move a bunch of transactions you take a profit from it you make money and he grew that from for his freight. dad's business for freight he had like proprietary software built this partner program where he had people who had books of business come in and run it through his systems system and after years and years they sold it for 400 million and michael yeah. was a fucking like he he worked with him for a while he could walk into a room and absolutely like every morning we have kickoff calls and there would be like gambling or there'd be like competitions and the team who lost would have to like wear tutus to the office or get shaved heads for like Arizona bets. Just Wolf of Wall Street He was the Jordan Belfort, you know? He was. Michael, he was, I worked with him with Fair, the rideshare company for two years. He was a fun boss. Like he was the guy that is kind of like one of the, one of your teammates, you know? Yeah. Like, and he taught me a lot about being, unfortunately, and he'll never listen to this, but um, he taught me the wrong ways of being a leader, but to make a lot of money. 
Really? Like he, yeah, he taught me how to um, be ruthless. And, and that is something I just don't have. And Travis, who's my, our business partner in, uh, in an app that we're building, him and Grace, one time we have really deep conversations and they both looked at me and they, I, it's hard to admit this out loud, but I get it in business, you have to be a killer. And I will admit that I have less than ideal tendencies of being a killer. Like I hate throwing people under the bus, placing blame on people, and that will only get you so far in the corporate world. Like you do have to, as they say, kind of backstab sometimes. And Michael was an absolute fucking killer. And he was the kind of guy that you could be his best friend, but once he clocked in, I want to get you to the soup stations. I don't want you, I want your family to starve. I'm going to fucking take over you. And he made a full living off of that. And you got to have those people in the world of corporateness. And I tried to be him so much and it ended up being a detriment to my career in that world. Really? Yeah. Cause was there a turning point with that? Huge. Yeah. I went into the tech world. He sales, super sales forward, drive a sales force, get a higher bunch of team, make that work, be in front of the customer or be in front of the leader, leader, leader in that route. And I was, I'm a nerd at heart. And so I went into the tech world. And then from my point of view, he hated that. Like when he'd be on the floor, I would shut my door and having to do very detailed tech work. And he hated that. And I think plus the divorce, in my opinion, we just, I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid and you right. have to drink the Kool-Aid in those worlds. And I feel like with Michael, he like, he would get shit done. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's like, are you on board or you're not? Yeah. Like I'm oh. like, I'm going to get this done with, with fair, whatever company's doing. Are you on board or not? Totally. And being on board means you're dedicated your life to that. No side hustles. If you want to do anything on the side, he respects it, but he, but your full intention better be with him. And yeah. it's, you know, if you jump on, then you're going to ride. You're yeah. going to keep going. But if you want to do, if you want to split up your time or any of that, you know. Yeah. And he made a lot of people rich. Oh, yeah. Him and Andrew made a lot of people you filthy rich. You ride with rich. him, you'll ride. But if you, and I, you dedicate. Yeah. I was sold the dream a lot. And I feel that the wrong things about a leader like that is they have their own insecurities about how far they'll go. So they need everyone around them with like a level underneath them. And I feel that in the route that I was going through with tech, I could have been something bigger, but in a different wor world. Right. And I don't think he liked that very much. And mm -hmm. so he fired me on the spot. My boss didn't know about it. And he told me because it was because I, he asked me to do more work and I asked for, for more money and that's not how it goes here. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's foolish. I mean, and, I, crazy. and for anyone out there who gets told that as you're getting fired, sign a severage package, do not sign the fucking severage package because in that severage packet, severance package, they have a clause that you relinquish, relinquish all your rights to sue. And I spoke to lawyers and I was ready to sue and I had that contract and it was your dead water. Damn. Yeah. And he took a bunch of stocks away from me, I think illegally, but not in, yeah, it was a brutal breakup. And he, like Franny for a long period of time was my fucking brother. He treated yeah. me like dog shit, but he was my brother. Really? Yeah. But now, now he, I will say some of the stuff that I deal with in the corporate world, I think about him like being, um, just diligent, getting shit done. And he, one thing that happens every day in my world is I was running the fair app, which was a ride share app yep. that we started in Arizona because they were bored. They had some money. And then Austin, Texas kicked out Uber and Lyft for a year. And so one day Michael was taking a shit, got a notification that night I was flying to Austin wow. and I was in charge of literally providing Austin, Texas through ACL through South by Southwest with a ride share app. I was the guy on the ground. And I ran it for like a year and a half and I was the connection with them and I was there every single day. And one day there was a bug in the app and I knew there was a bug at my gut, but I couldn't prove it. And it happened to him in Austin. And he called me and he goes, you know, I thought you could do this, but maybe you can't. And I go, what? And he goes, you knew about this bug and I expect you to always tell me about everything. And maybe I was wrong about you. Like maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe I should just send you back to Arizona and let you be a customer support rep and I'll get someone else who could do this. And I was, I was like, damn. And he goes, if you ever do this again and you don't follow your gut, I will absolutely fire you. Do you understand me? And I go, yeah, I understand you. And he clicked. And I, to this day, every single day, when I have a hunch in my body about something about tech, I follow it. Really? And there's those kind of moments where you, like, 
Succession, that show yeah. is if I I think of him in that like he is that guy like See, super but that's ruthless. What, I respect that on I, his side. It's like if we go into the sports, uh, you know, he's a, he's a hard coach. You know, if you if you mess up during the game, he's gonna call you out. Totally. He's gonna be the hard nosed coach, and that's kind of how he was as a boss. Yes. and it's different. But it's, you're different. You know, people are different to where. You can take that to fuel you, or you can take it as in, oh, you know, the he's a pro- dick. the argument I have with that though, and what I know now is, I you can absolutely be that way, but there was never a moment in time where he told me good work. So it was always chipping, 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 and after a while, I just couldn't fucking take it anymore, and that's when I stopped drinking the Kool Aid, and I started doing Vox DJs and. He was not stoked about that, but Andrew, who is the, the owner of the company, was fucking stoked about it. Like, we would talk about it all the time. I would make music with him. We would DJ, and that's his older brother, who's technically his boss. He loved so the Andrew's fact. Andrew's the older brother. Yeah, he loved that was I was that doing that. Is that the one that. that you just talked to on the podcast? No, that's Andrew Marmo. Okay, okay, okay. That's Andrew Leto, yeah. Okay, the, okay, okay. the one I'm talking about is Andrew Leto, Chris's daughter, or Chris's son, and... Yeah, he just wasn't about... But it goes back to that Francis thing where if you have a side hustle... I don't agree with this, but he was like, if you have a side hustle, it's taking away from what I need you to do and I don't want you to be here, so figure it out. And I think that's what he was trying to say with the Vox DJs things, but he came off of it really dick. And it was it was a spite move at that point. I just... It's, it's interesting because I just don't think like he lives in the real world. Like, how are you going to... If you're doing more work how and asking for more compensation... Like, how is that not just? I don't... Or being like, hey, we'll talk about it in six months when you're a performance value. Well, he was, also the, he was also the guy that didn't have friends unless they were working with him. Like, if you got let go, he would never talk to you. And that's how I lived my life for a very long time. He was my only friend besides Franny, but he didn't work with us. So what were the similarities between Michael and Casey? Um, they were just the fun party people. They were together forever. I mean... No, um, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean his Oh, his ex-wife? wife? Oh, I'm got so it. Casey sorry. Campbell. I meant Casey Campbell. So our, our boss, boss. Yeah, our boss at Vox DJs, um, they were polar opposites. So that's why I loved Casey Campbell because he allowed me to travel down routes I wanted to take, but he was also very supportive. And of course, at that point in time, I already got through the ringer, so I knew not to fuck up. And I walked into Vox DJs knowing enough about tech and knowing enough about how to try to build a sales company that they gave me enough rope to be like, dude, do whatever the hell you want. Right. Like I streamlined their sales process. I, I'm assuming they still use what I set up for them. I revamped their website. Like I did all of that for them. Um, and so Casey, that's why, that's why I moved to California so quick. Casey called me on a night that Grace went out with her sister, got super drunk in Old Town. I picked her up before we were dating. I drove her to a goddess class that she was taking where she would sit around a room and get, you know, taught how to like very spiritual stuff. And as I was waiting for her to come into my car after that, Casey Campbell was like, all right, we're doing this. Can you be here in 24 hours? And I looked at Grace and I was like, I'm moving. Like where I'm out. And that's, that's why I loved Casey Campbell. And even Grace always said like, he was such a good boss for you at that time. Cause I still have PTSD for Michael. Like I'm worried about getting fired for over stupid yes, reasons, but 100%. it still gives me the ability to work as hard as I do. Um, but Casey Campbell is the complete opposite, nurturing, warm, um, giving more out than he was probably taking in some aspects, not money wise, but like yeah. feeding people to yeah. try in his world better them and make them money and may, may have not been perfect, but he was the complete opposite of Michael. Mm. And that's why I like him so much. And I think going into my career in general, um, Michael is the reason that I am who the corporate person I am today for sure. And Travis Ryan, of course, my other mentor and my mentor now and my business partner. Now he was also someone who at 16 in high school, I would go over to his, he's a big wig at global trans living in this badass house on high street, right? When it was built and I would allegedly drop off stuff to him. And that's how I met him because he needed someone to do that. And I was 16 parting with this guy who ended up building a $400 million software and I'm still best friends with him to this Are day. That's how I know Travis Ryan. I've known him for just the amount, almost maybe a little bit younger, a little bit less than Franny, but Travis Ryan is my other brother. Like he is wow. absolute, and he is totally different than um, Michael. During The reason I started working for FAIR, I was actually working for Andrew's other company called 10-4, and Travis was my boss. In Boulder, Colorado, we were kind of talking about this, and he was the one that offered me the job of stay with me, I'll give you a bunch of shares. I'll make you a director. I'll move you up to Boulder. Let's ride. And 
He gave me the offer in Boulder. That night, Michael called me and said, we're doing the rideshare app. Sold me the dream like he always does. The next morning, I walked into Travis's office and I said, I can't accept your offer. I'm going to fair. Whoa. And that was the big decision that it was made. And I love or Travis and I apologize for not only doing that to him once, but then at Vox, after um, fair, I went to Vox DJs. And before Vox DJs, Travis told me, come move to Hawaii. Let's yes. make music for six months and see where this goes. And I didn't tell him to the very last second that I was taking Vox DJs either. So I've... Tra Travis, Travis, can we still do that? I love you. Yeah. Travis always says I broke up with him twice. And he, and he, before we started Bet Me, which is an app that we're coming out with, before we signed the contract for a, quarter, a little on, over a quarter of a million dollars, he called me one night and he goes, hey, I just have to tell you that I'm going in with, this, with you again. And if you fuck me, we'll never be friends again. Wow. He goes, if, you, if I don't have your attention on this one, I, we can't go full in. And that's why I'm so dedicated to Bet Me is because like the computer that we're recording this podcast on, Travis in California, after making all that movie, bought that computer for me, then won me two grand and said, buy a computer, I want to keep making music with you. Damn. And we made some music and that kind of faded, but Travis has always been my number one backer with capital. So like big deals, he would always be like, let's go. And on this Bet Me one, he said, if you fuck me again, like I will never be like friends with you. Does again. he ever come out here? All the time. I, I see him all the time, dude. He is. I've been I've been through immense trips with that guy, and I mean both traveling and psychedelic trips with that man. Really? On his fortieth birthday, we went out to his land in Maui, and we were on the far end in Lahaina. We got super trashed, and we sat in the back of his Tacoma, and it's about a forty-five minute to an hour drive all the way to the North Shore of Maui, where he has twelve acres of land, like this crazy most insane place in the world and we ate probably four to five grams of chocolate mushrooms in that back of that truck and we all just went to a whole another dimension on his land and i've done that numerous of times with that man like he is <laughs> he's seen me at my darkest he's seen me at my brightest and uh yeah i'm very thankful for him also going down the tech path like he's the reason that i know everything about tech he taught me uh, all of that he brought me to me the tech that. side um, I started in customer service um, and I you know, with 10.4 and I was the liaison between the sales team of Michael and the dev team of that company. Okay. And so there was a bunch of people selling this new software and there was a bunch of developers, but they didn't have someone who could talk both lingos. And I jumped into that. And from then on out, You're I was 21. I was 19, 20 at the time. I still had my fake ID. Yeah, I was not Gilbert? even 21. Gilbert Galindo, yeah. Had a fake ID, drinking at Gilbert. High Street. They would serve me all the time. And when I turned 21, I gave them my real ID and the waitress who we all knew I was drinking. At lunch, I was so close with them that at 11 o'clock, we would go down to Modern Margarita. We would get margaritas and water cups. So if our bosses walked by, they would never know we were drinking margaritas. They loved us down there. And then I gave them my real ID and she goes, who the fuck is Nick Torres? And I go, that's me. She goes, what the fuck are you talking about, Gilbert? And I was like, yeah, you've been serving me. And she goes, get out. I don't want to see you right now. And she kicked me out that night. And then the next day I was back. But they were so <laughs> pissed. Hey, yeah, Gil dude. Gilbert is legendary. Gilbert got me through California, Vegas. And then we moved. I was in ASU and it was Ed, his birthday, his 21st birthday. So I was 20 at the time. And we all pregame at the spot in Tempe. We're all amped. We're going to Old Town. I'm cocky as shit. Yeah, I've been to Vegas. Got me in California. This this ID is going to work. My 21st birthday. It was you your came 21st. Out. My was 21st. It was Ed's or yours? It was mine. And oh you my came God. out and you used Gilbert. Yeah. Fake ID the whole time in Vegas. And, oh, that was your 21st. That yeah. Was mine. But in this, at Ed's at 21, after Franny's at Ed's, we would go to ASU and. I walk up to the bar and Busted. the bouncer goes, is this really you? And I go, yeah, it's fucking me. And he goes, what year did you graduate high school? And I said like 1987 when I was born in like 1989 on the ID. And he looks at me and he goes, try again, bud. And I was so, con like I, I always thought if I say one number, you just got to commit. So I committed. I was like, dude, 1987, what the hell are you talking about? And he goes, bro, you weren't even born. Get the fuck out of here. You graduated before you were born? Yeah, like something dumb. And he took my ID, and that was the last of Gilbert. And we had to go, did you guys go in and I go home, or did yeah, we all we, go back? We, we all went in. You went home. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm Audi. And so that was the end of Gilbert. And bro. I didn't have a fake ID for a while. Then I Is got one at 21. Is that illegal to take a fake ID? 
Yeah, they can yeah, either call the cops or they can take your ID and leave. That's what he told me. I can either call the cops right now or you can bounce and I'll just take your ID. And I was like, bless you, sir. Take that ID. Wow. Pete Gilbert. Peace, Gilbert. Yeah. And Kai's... Why does he care so much, though? It's Stop ASU. Being... It's a college It's a college town, dude. You can get popped for that bad. It's a college town. You can't yeah, do that. You can't let underage. Yeah, you cannot do that. And I should have known better, but uh, Kai, who we didn't talk about, yeah. who I met in California, and he was also drank the Kool-Aid of 10-4. He moved here with me. Um, he, in, in his phone still, I'm Gilbert. Gilly. Like That's how he knows. Because in California, when I was there, I was 18, 19, and 20. And so we partied hard and I would just go out with him and he knew me as Gilbert. And then we moved to, we both drank the Kool-Aid for years, four or five years. And he got like a- Global Trans and then at, at the At the company share. called 104, then the Rideshare. There was a middle company in between. Um, and he got let go and I still worked there. That was another big point of, I didn't want to work there anymore. Um, was he your roommate at the time? At that time, we we went different ways. He was, you know, he was 29 at the time when I we moved out here. I was 20, or maybe a little bit younger, but he was around that. He was he's five or six years old. He's as old as my sister. So he met I was me. Like 35. Yeah, he met me. Oh. He met me in California, and I remember walking in, and I remember married to this girl working for her dad. And Michael called me after I got him tickets to EDC, and he's like, "Dude, move back. Come with me in this company. I'm starting a new company. It's going to be massive." You'll be a millionaire, totally thing. I walk into his apartment in Studio City and I go, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break up with Hannah and I'm gonna move to Arizona and this is who I'm going with. Do you wanna come? And he was looking to get out of his current job, which was boring. And he's like, all right, I'll commit with you. And so he came over here for five years and rode the wave with me. We were roommates for a very long time. Rode the wave, didn't become a millionaire, <laughs> got let go and went back to Hawaii. And a year before that, his birthday is New Year's Eve. A year before that, I went out to Hawaii with him and I was hanging out with him and his family. And his mom looked at me and he goes, she goes, hey, like bring him back home, we need him. And I said, he'll be home in the next two years. Not knowing how he was gonna get home, I just told her. And within a year, he was back home. And he now he's, he's a firefighter. Now. He's a firefighter in Maui yeah. with a kid oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's doing great. Um, hey, Kane, what's up? I love that man. Uh, yeah, you talk I, very highly of Kai. Oh, Kai is one of the best dudes I've ever met. He's amazing. Really? He's a down, he's a down to earth, Ugh. awesome dude. Like, That's sick. Yeah. He's got good morals. Like his intentions are amazing. Like he's one of the guys you want in your corner. He is. Wow. He, was, he was my my boss for Fair, the, the ride yeah, share company. Really? He was like, Nick was director of operations in Austin. In in Austin, but he I back. ran the uh, team in Phoenix here. Yeah. he was the he was the leader of our team with Gowans and Grace yeah. and Grace and Kai. He's he's, he's bad Grace at. was really good friends with Kai, like really really good friends. And there was a point where we were all looking like spiritually and. Kai and I would go to like meditation with Grace and Danny, who will be on. She's the person who's going to marry us at our ceremony. Uh, oh. Yeah, Kai. Is Kai going to be at the wedding? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm seeing him early May and hopefully in late May too. One in Vegas and one in Maui. Or yeah, one in Vegas, one in Maui. But he uh, he helped me transition from the young buck into a man. Like when I was really? living with him, he taught me about debt and paying off debt. So how did you and, meet this guy? I met him through the, my wife's brother at the time who was going to CrossFit. So yep. I went to a box and we kind of hung out for a little bit. Then I started hanging out with him more than he was hanging out with her brother. And one Saturday we went to this gym and we were split up into two teams and we were on each other's on different walls. And I remember looking at him and he looking at me and we were like amping the team up and we were shit talking to each other. And then after that, it was just like Franny. After that, we were inseparable. Like we, I always hung out with him in California. He was the guy and he ended wow. up jumping ship and when i broke up with her and got my shit out of his house i stayed in his apartment he um broke his lease we packed up his stuff and we drove to arizona and he committed and he was like knew me for a year and a half and was just really to bounce on me and he moved out and totally changed never been to arizona never done anything in arizona lived in santa barbara then la because that's where he went to college after maui and had an awesome job getting paid decent amount and he took like a 50k salary a year sales position and we were sold the dream of being millionaires and it never happened but we just kept like drinking the kool-aid and wow. he was really good friends with michael and kathleen and his daughters really? and oh my god he was uncle kai for a while like yeah every every <laughs> my family thought for a really long time that i was gay 
Because in high school at holiday parties, I'd be Franny, go to college, meet this other dude. He lives with me, moves to Arizona. Then for five years, every holiday, he would come with me. He would be the same guy walking. What's up, auntie? Grab big hugs. Like he, they was just, he's like me and another Hawaiian body. Really? Oh, dude, like warm hugs like that's we like gravitated towards each other like we would break that that was our goal every night or every time we went out was like let's break someone meaning that someone who didn't really uh, want to talk to us we're gonna fucking be our best friends by the end of the night and that's kind of what goes back to our uh totally in high school you know when you walk into a party go introduce yourself mm-hmm. to everyone mm-hmm. like be that person uh, mm-hmm. you go into a party you don't know like ha- half the people Go up to them, introduce yourself. My mom instilled that from me when I was younger. My mom, there was always one rule. That was the earliest rule that my mom gave me. It was when I walk into somewhere, you shake their hands, you say, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Nick Torres, and you look them in the eye. Wow. And that was instilled for me from a very, very young age. That's like core to my essence. And so growing up and doing that, that was always what I did. Like even I guess at parties and stuff, but like as an adult, that was the very first thing that I would ever do is... Hi, nice to meet you. My name is Nick Torres, and I would have to shake their hand and look them directly in the That's eye. That's so sick. Yeah, my mom was a badass with Dude, that one. Sh- huge shout outs. Yeah. But it was fun. I mean, after a while, then Kai got let go. I went to Vox DJs, and that's where we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that full was, circle. That was right where, like, when I heard the most about Kai was, like, the first year as mm-hmm. you guys were, like, still together and whatnot. But I, I do remember being like, this guy is something else. Insane. Like, He's yeah. just, I mean, washed in the blood of the lamb. Oh yeah. my God. And his, I treated his family like I treated Ryan's family. So his mom, I call her auntie and like, like very, like they accepted me a lot. It's like, it was an awesome time with him. And it kind of, the way that you describe Kai is like two mirrors looking into each other. Totally. Just, oh my God. There would like be nuclear explosion of positivity and like insane. And I think and from my point of view, he was happy to find someone like me who right. brought him into a big family that I was, he was kind of earning yearning for in California, as well as brought him into this world where we didn't live like Kings whatsoever, but we were just in that party mode, young, make money, spend money, go, 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 go. And so we would buy tables and go out and meet people and, you know, girls and just the whole thing. Like he, like kind of lived through that through me because his story when he was in college, he also had a very long time relationship. So I met him right after his breakup. So we were like two young bucks just going crazy in California. Wow. And so when he left, that was a big one. When he got let go, that was another, another one of those moments of like, this is not the right spot for me. Like I had to be there when he got let go. Oof. called me and he lived right across the street from our offices, which was so brutal. Like no joke, <laughs> get that, get out of our office, drive an eighth of a mile to your apartment. Yes. Like it was just, and he just got that apartment because it was right by our office. Just a horrible timing. And again, I don't have that killer instinct. Like I don't, I don't have that to fry out my friend. Like I will do anything before I have to do that. And I didn't have the opportunity and I don't think it tarnished our relationship, but I think he needed to get out too. So yeah. when he moved back to, Maui and we still text all the time and yeah. talk to each other. He just had a big Buddha baby and we're growing up. I mean, I'm excited to talk to him when he was 29. Cause that's when I kind of left love him. love to talk to Kai. Right. Like go, Kai, go, he's badass, man. Like going through it. Yeah. Going through it. He, he was on the rowing team down in Tempe, just a fucking, yeah. And unfortunately, and the joke was, I always had kind of like you, I, in high school, he was the guy and I was the second person. And then at that point in Arizona, if you meet a tall, dark, handsome gentleman with a guy named Kai and he's from Maui with oh, a Maui he was ID, six, well, like two Hawaiian dude, shredded, shredded, like, dude, oh, like, oh. like, like so iconic. I was, I on, was uh, imagining, imagining uh, Maui from N- Moana. No, thick, no, no, you know what I mean? no. And his brother-in-law is. is. He was cut. No, he's cut. Like he was. Like he got me. Like very strict regimen. He taught me about vegetables. Like that was him. And so, yeah, he, and so that would always be the joke. Like whenever we would meet new people, I would be the one who would break the ice and be like, Hey, my name is Nick. His name's Kai. He's from Maui. Let's go ahead and jump into that conversation. So it would totally break. Oh my God. And so it would totally like break that like group ice in a sense. Um, and yeah, it was a badass. And so then after that career, I went to Vox DJs and now I'm on my own and I have no connection to the Lettos and it's fucking awesome because I'm still kind of in the industry, but no one really knows that I'm there. 
cousins because yeah. they hold their that name holds a lot of weight in the industry. Really? Oh yeah, Andrew Leto really? is Andrew Leto does one on one conversations with my CEO, and it's viewed by a lot of people. Like what? Andrew Leto is Andrew Leto. Global Trans and Andrew Leto, the Leto brothers, for eight or nine years were the names in logistics. Like, I'm talking massive, massive l- legacy name is the Leto's. Yeah, dude, what yeah. the fuck? So I had to figure out how to carve my name out of that because for a while I was under their shadow, and so I had to figure out a way. That's and why Travis I, worked for them and then recruited you to Freight Waves and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Years and years after Vox DJs. Because yeah, yeah. I left Vox DJs to go to where I'm at now because of Travis. So then, um, Do you regret that every single day? or No, no, not a, not yeah. a single bit. I regret not DJing as much as you do, you two do. But um, no, I'm, I'm super stoked about where I'm at right now. I'm my own person in the career world doing things that I always wanted to do. I, it's giving me a chance to pay my mortgage and then some. And it, again, going back to Travis Ryan giving me this opportunity, I mean... I was getting paid decent at Vox DJs, and of course, on your own, you make a lot more money. But sure. going over to Freight Waves again, going back to kind of Vox DJ or um, Vox DJs, yeah, this company is allowing me to do whatever the hell I want. Like honestly, they gave me the keys to the castle when Travis was there. Then Travis left, and they're still giving me the keys to a castle from a portion of the company. And right. yeah, it's awesome. I'm very happy with how everything but you worked have out. A, a wedding coming up. I got a yeah, it's, uh, yeah, sponsored by Vox DJs, hopefully um, at my edge <laughs> podcast one time. But yeah, Grace, who's not on here. Yeah, I mean, uh, getting married at 20 or I'll be 30 at that point. But um, a little known fact, I think we said this on Angie's at the end of it, but next April, August 4th, which is my mom's birthday, which is crazy. And if Grace was here, she'd say new moon and Leo and all that. You're August shit. 2nd. I'm August yeah, 2nd. August but. 12th. August 4th, we are going to have our own one-on-one ceremony. And we told our fam- some of our family members about that. Like, not a traditional wedding where we walk down the aisle and everyone's there. It's going to be Grace and me, Kyle. This year? Next year. Okay. Yeah, Kyle, who's the videographer. We got to get him yes. on. But Kyle and another guy who's the photographer. Then Danny, who's Grace's spiritual mentor. Cool. Uh, and it's going to be an actual ceremony. Like so just you're doing us that and then you're getting married after that we won't get married after that that will be the marriage but then we'll have a cocktail hour like reception only wedding uh, and that's where we're doing it at um where do you do new year's eve yeah don woods don woods yes mm-hmm. at the lilo beach club lilo beach club the roof in? yeah not locked in but we're like finalizing oh, okay. it so that'll be like end of august early so we're september not doing the flag stuff thing anymore. not doing the flag stuff cool. thing anymore yeah so we'll just be like yeah we haven't talked to you about it but yeah not that um but yeah i'm getting married at 29 30 and happy man it's cool it was really good going down memory lane i hope the listeners kind of get a little bit more about me now which is insane you're so cute yeah you think you're rapping but this no, no 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 ah, i'm not i'm not absolutely not <laughs> no no right, no can no, we give no. a piece to the goddess grace yes of let's course talk about that grace uh has been i remember a quote that i read way back in the day and i always just stuck with me that uh behind every successful woman or behind every successful man is a powerful woman and leading up to grace all my relationships were just with people who were to be honest with you i always wanted to help my mom and it's scientists or uh, studies show that males kids sons are very much more directed to their mothers and daughters to their fathers which if you take that in essence of our family tree it's kind of wild but I always wanted to help my mom. I always wanted to be there for my mom. I was always the person who would let her back in, right? Right. Kind of wanted to fix her. Leading up until Grace, I kept finding girls who I tried to fix. Oh. You know, like had problems or were shy or my ex-wife um, ended up getting like diagnosed with um, some sort of epilepsy at the time, which was crazy because that's the reason why I kind of distanced myself with my aunt because she was going through that at 16 and it was just too much pressure for me. So I dipped like very odd how circles cross um but grace although we met at a crazy time was the first woman that kind of had her shit together going into our relationship and i mean i was just telling franny her and my aunt looked at the house that we're sitting in now while i was out of town and we put a deposit down on the house before i even saw it just because i trusted her so much and she's the person that is very I always say like supportive of my crazy fucking ideas. Like just always like go with it. Even this podcast, she was always the person just like, we have a house now, just get the microphones, just do what you need to do. And 
she is definitely a proponent of who I am today. She keeps Absolutely. you in line too. She definitely it's keeps me in line. Of, you know, yes, yes, I would definitely. Um, if it wasn't for her, uh, not be honestly. If it wasn't for COVID, me moving back to Arizona where I moved in with her, as she was living with Aunt Chris while I was in California because she went through a divorce. Um, I moved in with Aunt Chris and her. And it was just because I needed a spot to stay during COVID. And I thought I would go back to California. But at that time, she's like, if you leave, we're like this, I'm not waiting for you. And I jumped into it. And I'm so thankful that I did. I was like, can I have one more? I'm so thankful that I did. She is truly the reason that I have this house today. But she helped me during the time that her and I were really good friends. I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. And I almost had this mental, mental, like, a mind um, maze that I was in because of Michael that I would never thought that I would be anything without him and without oh, the Leto brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she told me, she brought me to a restaurant one day and she said, I had a dream about you last night that you're going to leave. And I was pissed. I got up from the table. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like I'm, I'm doing so fucking good right now. Who are you going to put this negativity in my brain? And like six months later I left, which is wild. Um, but no, she always allowed me to, she allowed me to be who I was, but being a little bit more controlled than it, you know, like smarter with money, right. smarter with the ideas of being like an actual parent or a family member. Thanks for man. Grounding you. And yeah. And even now, as we all talk about like the marriage and she proposed to me, which is such a testament to who the hell she is. 100%. And, um, I appreciate that. I love that. I really think cause I don't know. Maybe I got it from you or anyone, but commitment issues are a big thing in my life. And I looked oh, at Oh, that's what you for got from me? Commitment <laughs> issues? Or do we want to go there? No, not on this spot. Not pod. a roof over uh, my head. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. No, she yeah. just, thank you. she, uh, Joe thank is you. outside testing urine strips as we speak. Yes. You smoke weed. In a bathroom with the door open. That was so yeah. funny. Well, we were yeah. young and it was young and dumb. parental, you yeah. know. But yeah, Grace, I couldn't be here without her. We talk about it all the time. That's, oh. why, that's why I changed the name of this podcast, Owner to the Kelton really? House, is because even from the beginning, I'm so thankful to have her sitting across from me and like being a part of this, that there will be times where I'm not on this podcast and it's just her sure. interviewing someone else. And I appreciate that our relationship is very equal in that sense where it's not Nick Torres's podcast, it's the Kelton House's. Because she supports me, like bet me, I signed a fucking contract for over a quarter of a million dollars. And that's, le like I am on, I signed the contract. It's not bet me, it's Nick Torres signing a contract for Half Blast. Wow. So me looking at her being like, hey, I'm signing this today. She's like, cool, like do what you gotta do. And having a down, bottom ass bitch to do that kind down of stuff is fuck bitch. down Let's ass bitch go. thank you is sick like she is an absolute Damn. badass yeah. now if we sign a prenup that's a different situation there's a little bit of a 50-50 on that just joking just no joking prenups. but no I'm very thankful for her she definitely pointed me in that like that's why I meditate that's why I'm a lot better with sure. my emotions as we kind of connected learning that from someone else going through even those hard times was so like inspiring and very longevity like uh, promoting positivity was pretty intense. Like there would be times where I was so mad at things and very upset that Grace would teach me how to like calm my breath and relax. And um, I would be very much a, when Grace met me, I was such a fucking dickhead. Like some 23 year old in Austin, Texas being like this fucking, I know all the restaurants, I know the owners, I'm this fucking shithead. Like she would just tell me like, who the fuck do you think you are? You were Nick Torres eight months ago in Arizona that couldn't get a fucking bill covered because you maxed out your credit card. Like, don't fucking play with me. And so she always bring me back down the line, uh, which is a PSA to not own a credit card at 21. Because sure. that, at that same restaurant they were serving me underage, I had a blue card. And that was the card that I paid for everything on. And there was a time where I couldn't pay it off. We were like 6K, 6,500 limit of 7,000. And we had this big bill and I threw him the blue card and it declined. And the waitress looked at me and she goes, this is an end of an era. And I go, yeah, it is. Wow. And I handed the bill to Kai and I was like, the blue card's done. And there was like a big like, holy shit, the blue card's done. Because we ran probably a summer off that card. Because my ex-wife's dad <laughs> built a house off that card, got me up to 7,000. When I divorced her, I had no balance on that $7,000 credit card, moved here. I went bananas. That was it. 
Franny is looking at me skeptical. I, I got to ask a question. You, you said ex-wife. Did you and Hannah get married? Yeah, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, I, did I, got, I know, should I know this? Did, yeah, did I, I talked about it on another podcast, but yeah, we got married. Yeah, I'm so funny that Franny doesn't know about this. Yeah, we went to the Maricopa County before um, Leto fired me, before we went to California. Her dad found a loophole that if we got married, she'd get in state tuition to ASU. So we went to Maricopa County, walked in, didn't know we needed wait, uh, um, witnesses. So the people behind us had to come in, be our. Legitly, I, Nick Torres, I do the whole scenario with the judge. We signed paperwork and we dipped. So when I left California, I wasn't breaking up with her. I was divorcing her. Like, legit divorcing her. I mean, I, I guess you didn't listen to one of the episodes, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> episodes, bro. I've known you for... Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, that was... Oh, you didn't tell me that for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got legally married to her. We had to get wow. a divorce. I signed paperwork. Her dad actually signed it for me, which is funny, but yeah. Her brother's now wife was the attorney on that paperwork. So she drafted all the paperwork. So I didn't have to pay anything. Oh, sick. Yeah. That was a fun firing. Walked into her dad's office. Like, Hey, and we were, I lived with them living with her parents. And I was like, Hey, I gotta, I'm leaving. This is my two week notice. He's like, don't do it. Like you can deal with it. Like you put your two week notice for so your what divorce. Was, yeah. What yeah. Was, I, I, I don't have the bandwidth to figure out how you guys met and all that. But yeah. why'd you break up? You and Hannah. Um, a, because I drank the Kool-Aid with Michael. Cool. And B, I think that I was at a young enough, I was too young to have an actual relationship with her so that, you know, we just kind of grew apart. And I, we were living with her parents, so we weren't having sex a lot. And it was just yeah. kind of, you know, she was dealing with a lot. I was just petty. I, not petty shit, but I wasn't happy. Right. So one night I told her. But like the significance of your marriage was walking into the courthouse, not knowing that you needed witnesses saying, hey, Joe, uh -huh. Sue, great to meet you five minutes ago. Do you want to watch us get married? Like you obviously didn't give a shit about the marriage in the first place. No, it was all transactional. Right. I still don't give a shit about it. Michael was the person, the only person that knew about it. And he was like, who, who, no one's going to know. Doesn't hit affect your credit. Doesn't have a permanent scratch in your record. Go fucking do it and see what happens. Write it out. Oh it's like, all right, cool. The only one I knew. Right? Like, the only reason that I always tell Grace, the only people that I ever know about it is the people I tell. You can't right. find on, I, I mean, you actually, if you search Nick Torres and Hannah Burrell, you'll see our court paperwork, which is pretty funny, like <gasps> versus each other, but uh, not versus, but like our divorce paperwork. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it was, I found many, a, a couple broken up because of a Google search. Oh yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, uh, which is always crazy. Kind of like that Boulder situation. I always think about what it would have been if I would have stayed there. Like, of course it would have been huge crossroads. Yeah. Like I was going to, you remember the guy, you remember Glee, remember that show Glee back in the day, yeah. Corey Monteith, remember he him? Died. He died while I was in California and his best friend was her, her, her brother. Like he was over at the house all the time. Her dad grew up with Brian Cranston. And at that time it was the height of Breaking Bad. Yeah. So he would come over to the house and have dinner. Her, her dad and uncle were in his Time Magazine spread, like deep into the game of Hollywood. And yeah, one of the clients was Edward Copperfield. I saw his ledger. I worked on a Taren Quentin Tarantino movie. Like I was in the depths of it. And her dad looked at me and said, don't, don't move. I will make you a multimillionaire. And I said, I think my cousin will do it faster. That's what I told him. Damn. And yeah, so you heard that, that before, you know, heard what or before with Leto, you know, I'll make you this like, yeah, you decided but, you're going to make yourself it. Yes. Yes. But I drank the Kool-Aid of someone I think that was trying to use and just yeah. use and toss me where her dad was like legit, like businessman, like could, like very good at what he was doing, knew the industry. I was going to parties at like the, what's that Asian theater or whatever it is, the Hollywood theater yeah, or any yeah. other, that big one. Like I was in it. Corey Mont literally died. I walked into my sister's room and, or my uh, wife's room at the time. And she's like, Corey died. And her parents were like downstairs crying. Her brother was on drugs with Corey, like a whole, I went to his house to allegedly swap some stuff with her older brother one day. And her, her sister didn't know about it or my wife didn't know about it. Like, very, yeah, what? I was just, I started hanging out with her brothers and her brothers were doing pills with Corey Monteith, allegedly. We shall be hitting that up after. Yeah, <laughs> it was just quite, but I chose a different path. after hours. There it is. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'm coming around the bend because Bring I have it back. to pee. Go ahead. 
we wrapping it up? Go ahead. But it's two my, hours in, yeah. Johnny, do you have anything? Johnny's taking it all in right now. Yee. We can smoke that joint if you want. Somewhere up there. Oh, uh, we fi- I finished it. I uh, hope we can roll another one, baby. <laughs> I, I just I just want to say everything that we've learned about you today, Nick, with all you know what you've been through in middle school, high school, with your your parent situation, like the person you are today is it's unbelievable. Thank you. Know, you. It, it really is, and saying this from you know I've known you for a long time, and even my our friends like you're like what you've been through and where you are now it's kind of remarkable thank you because of what you've been through like you know people that listen to this will realize like oh they didn't you know they didn't know you went through all this and with growing up and not having a secure household like like all of us like i at least had a place with a parent you know Mm -hmm. mine got divorced but i had a place like you didn't have a place with your parent and you went through a lot of stuff and to where you are now, like it kind of shows that if you go through some shit when you're younger, you can get out of it. You just have to have the mentality and the drive to keep going and totally. keep your head on your shoulders. Like you've always had a good head on your shoulders. You got yeah. into stuff when you're young, but you like, you're always good in school. You're, you're like skin of my teeth, but yeah, yeah. until college. Then I flunked, but let's I think story. you bring up really good points. But there's still something in the equation that's like, what makes Nick Torres special? Like, what is the secret sauce? From my point of view, um, I think that I've grown to the idea that I'm okay with if everything fails, I'll still be okay. Like, I could, I've been dirt poor. I'm not going to say I've been rich, but I've been non-paycheck to paycheck before. And I think being okay with understanding that on the other side of the microphone, and I, that's why I love this podcast so much, that A, I'm not the only one that's gone through shit in the world, but I, don't, I, I try my hardest not to judge someone because I don't know what you were before I knew you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel that... And when I talk to someone, I give a very like dedicated, let's connect, let's, you know, talk it out. But I don't, it's very hard for me to not like someone. And that's yeah. beyond who you are. It's more of how you treat me and others because of what I went through. But I think that may be it. I don't know. Other than me just not giving a shit what I, like who I talk to. And I've been rejected by a lot of women and it's okay to talk to anyone. I think that was a big moment in time. <laughs> Realizing that you could strike out with not only women, but anyone. Like You can walk up to a group and try to be their best friend, and they could reject you, and you're still going to be okay. Right. It's, you know, like, I think maybe that's... What's the worst that could happen? What is the worst that can happen from either starting a conversation or jumping into something new or dealing with an adversity or a problem? Like, you... I was, I texted you guys this, I was all amped up before this. And one of my goals is to coach a CrossFit class. And the reason that I want to do that is because at one gym, someone told me that I live my life by every day is that 99.9% of what you go through, you're not going to die from it. Whether that's a workout, whether that's something bad, you're not going to die. So you're going to be okay. Just keep fighting through it. And I relate that to CrossFit because I like an intense, intense workout and that plays through my head, both that doing that part, but anything that like I don't want to do or I'm pissed off or whatever, when I'm done with those feelings, 99.9% of the time, I'm not going to die from it. So what's the worst that can happen? Right. You know, I think that's just kind of what I go through. And I'm very, I'm very, I've come to the point in my life where I finally feel successful in what I'm doing, not because I have a multi-million dollar house or I have the nicest car or, I buy the nicest clothes. Like my definition of success has changed. And that's also why I feel that right now, if I die tonight, I am so successful in my body and my career and my life that like everything that I do on a minute to minute is just right. like, find the enjoyable part of it, you know, yeah. and very proud to like hold my head up high. And again, I don't talk about this like crazy stuff because I don't want it to be a, I don't want it to be the reason why people like me, the pe- people, why the reason why people think of who I am um, because as much as that is who I am, it's not, I don't, I don't relate what the hell I went through to who I am today. And I probably should, but no, like 
I went through some shit, but at the end of the day, again, what I was saying earlier, people always, like you kind of alluded to, you could have went down a crazy different path of how you went down, you know? And everyone always goes, I'm, it's so cool that you didn't. And I don't think of it that I didn't because I kind of dabbled in it. But again, it goes back to like, I knew I wasn't ever going to be a drug addict because I saw that from a very young age. Like I never, I don't really like drinking too much because, not because it's addictive, but excuse me, because the day after I'm fucking sluggish. I hate that. And I don't want to deal with that nonsense. And I think that may be it. I don't know. Special sauce is hard to define, but yeah. it got me to where I am today. And I'm now working a nine to five job that I have a lot of responsibility. I'm trying to start an app and I started a podcast and at 29, I'm pretty fucking happy. And what are you doing at 33, which I am almost? I will be definitely a parent to at least one child, hopefully a daughter. I will be married to Grace and in an ideal world of who I am today, I will have transferred either bet me or this podcast to be my number one source of income. Wow. Yeah. I do not want to work for another person anymore. I see the idea, especially from you two, Johnny and Trago, and honestly, Ryan too, being your own boss, you not only make the most money, but you get the most gratitude of it. And I am done working my hardest for someone else that I don't get the biggest piece of pie of. But I also, I think I found my passion. Like outside of DJing, which is of course music in general is my passion, but doing this right now, uh, from the nine up eight episodes that we've done, I think this is my my tribute to the world would be this podcast. You're calling, yeah. Like this yeah. is it right here, and I feel v I've never had something. Bet me is a close second, but this podcast, something in my bones. And I was telling Grace like I put a lot of weight on this podcast, but it's not weight of it being successful or being big, but like, this is what I want to do. So this is this is not only a passion project, but this is it. Like, I want to make it. Now in this world, you can make a successful podcast and make money off of it. And it's only me that's limiting it myself. So I had to continue doing it. This is your hobby, it. you know? Yeah. And the biggest thing I've pressed on people is finding hobbies. Like, everyone has their jobs that they go to, you know? You have to have a, a, a side hobby. Mm -hmm. Not a side hustle, not a side business like hobbies totally like i think hobbies are the most important thing in, in in an individual's life is to have is a hobby you know playing piano uh frisbee golf you know anything yeah. outside of your work is, is hobbies yeah and it's also so fulfilling this like i feel very um i feel very honored to be able to have like this setup and the ability to do this, which is a, a kudos of grace, but not, but, and like every session that I've done walking away from this, the person on the other side of the mic has been so happy leaving here. And that's when I knew it was like, even if I don't get something from this, someone listening to this will get something from it, but it all matters about me and the other person or the group, because it's really fulfilling to think that like what my mom told me it was like a therapy session. Like she was able to get her feelings out and break down some walls or Ashley, my cousin also said when she left, it was so like fulfilling and like a weight was lifted off of her in a sense. And I, if I can do anything in this world, I can provide my family an outlet to talk about the things that they want to talk about. Like I cannot wait for my dad to come on because a, it's going to be a pretty deep conversation, but it's going to be something that allows him like my mom I wasn't always a fuck up in my life. So don't look at me that way. I, I lived 22, 23, 24 years of being a successful man. Allow me to talk about those years and everyone who knew me being in a messed up person or whatever you want to call them. It's just not the same for them. And if I can give that portion to them, it's a badass feeling to be able to do that. So yeah, 33, I want to be doing this nonstop. Joe Rogan-esque, like I have Monday through Friday, I have one a week. That is my job to come in here and talk to people. We're making ad sponsors, appearances. Yeah, if all of that, whatever. great, whatever the case may be, I just want to, my goal is to be able to pay mortgage yeah. off of this podcast. Yeah. That'd be the goal in 33. And we've talked about this. Like I, yeah. I want you to probably have like, the transition and like shout out to your corporate job shout out oh, to everything yeah. that you've had like yes 
we're just talking about like what is going to be the best success for Nick Torres. I think your transitionary period is going to be some sort of consulting thing. Yeah. What you're doing for your company, you've already made a proof of concept with many different companies, lots of people who will bat, go to bat for you, and you start making your own schedule. And it's pay to play. It's yeah. like you only make money if people want you you to be a coach or whatever. And eventually, you start making money doing this and being independently wealthy from bet me and yeah that stuff that was a cool thing at 29 is realizing that there's people around me that will give me like that will back me like outside of travis or franny who's willing to go into this company with me it's other people that are around me my sister my kathleen and her husband like people around me are willing to drop cash and i'm not talking tens of 20s of dollars talking tens of 20s of thousands of dollars just because of who I am. Right. That was a really cool humbling, but also very cool to finally accept. Like when 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 did you get the the inclination that that would happen? Because I've known that your whole time that I've known you. Bet me. So really? Franny in this app, um peer to peer betting on a non yeah, you're fine. Uh on a peer to peer. Yeah, go pee. Pee break. Um, Bet Me is an app that we'll come out with, and Franny had the idea, and because of my FreightWaves job, I'm able to understand like a prototype and do Figma designs and all of that. So I did that. Travis, who has capital, backed the idea, and because of his connections, can raise a good amount of fucking capital, and he has knowledge of building a company. And so that was the first realization. And then people coming to me and my family saying, hey, I want to invest in whatever you're doing and this idea, whether the idea is a fucking great idea, but it's also me like kind of my, my, um, background in history is allowing people to say like, Hey, I'll bet on you. Which is, you built that up yourself, you know, like, yeah, you built up the reputation and yeah, reputation is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. It's your, with your own self of you, you have the reputation of, okay, I can get shit done. You know? Yeah. I, you got respect with, with uh with your your peers to where if you're into something they're like i, I want to be on board yeah it's similar to like you know you have a buddy that's in big into stocks and they they, they do really well it's like can i just give you money and totally you, like i'm investing into you with that that's that's what you built with your own your own life you know yeah. so any idea that you have that you're into you're gonna have people that want to invest in it that's so fucking crazy. Cause I think, and I think that's what goes back to why I put a lot of um, weight on this podcast is cause you and you will be helping out Bryce and we'll help you out with this a lot, but and grace too, this podcast could be an opportunity for us to break through that next level. And as much as I started in it, it was an idea that I had, I put a, a bit of weight on it to make sure that it's successful, you know? And that's a, like starting a company, any what, company what, is heavy. But what is successful with this podcast? I think it's this should be a hobby. I you. know. You gotta I, look at it in, as a hobby. Yeah, I totally understand that too, and it is. But I am kind of the driving force. I mean, I'm, I am, and I accept that. But it's a lot of weight when you start thinking, like running a business. That's why people and en- don't envy a lot of CEOs that are successful because they have a lot of shit to think about and to do. And so when you start getting people in, especially with Bet Me Too, you st- if I accept some money from a family member, it's like, all right, well, they gave me 15, 20, 50K. It's as much as they understand it's a risk. It's still a fucking, a lot of pressure on someone. And so I, that's, I want this passion project. I've always wanted this. That's why I brought Kai and you into the Leto world is I want the homies to be put on. Like that was, that's always the goal is if you can be successful, put on your friends and your family, if you can make that work and something in my bones tells me that this is it. So if I have to be the person who's up late making content or doing things, obviously we have a team and we'll grow into it. But um, I want to make sure that I put my foot forward because of people around me saying you're behind an idea, let's go behind it. I do have to be kind of the driving force. Like if I stop scheduling people and stop doing this podcast, what the fuck's going to happen, you know? And very, very excited about everything that's happening, but it is a lot of pressure sometimes. And I have to kind of, Compart- I'm very good at car- compartmentalizing emotions and the pressure of this and bet me, I, it's, it's deep, 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 deep down because you just kind of have to worry about the next thing in front of you. If I start thinking about what the, the contract that I signed, I'll, I'll lose it. Yeah. A quarter of a million dollars is a lot of money. 
for a house yeah. or anything. It's not in the world. Now I'm realizing it's not that much money, but it is a lot of money to put a contract on. Like signing that paperwork was a hell of a fucking day. Like that was one of those where she was like, hey, I need a contract signed. And we, did, we don't have a bank account open. We, got no, we have uh, hearsay money, but I got to come up with a quarter of a million dollars in the next six months. <laughs> like, that's a lot of fucking pressure. And if I don't, then breach a contract. And I'm really trusting of the dev company. But when, pe- when I tell people about BetMe that I haven't really told a lot of people about it, I don't think they understand the gravity of signing a contract for $272,000. In the future. Yeah. It will be great. It will be good. Yes, it will be good. Anything like anyone else or anything that, yes. you know, with Nick? Anything else, boys? We've been on this pod for a minute. This is the Joe Rogan I style. Love I the, love uh, the beer run. The beer run is fun. I was the driver. You were the getaway car, brother. I was the getaway. Yeah. Allegedly. That that taught me that you got to... limitations. There it is. past seven years. That made me realize that you can fake it till you make it. Persona is everything. Like, perception is everything. If I perceive that I've already paid with my wallet with some cash in my hand, they think I already paid, everything else is okay. That was a first moment in time where I thought, you fake it till you make it no matter what. Damn. That was fun. Energy, you want to do that after this? See if we can get away with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I have one last question. Bring it on, In brother. The next year, top three guests that you want to have. And then top three dream guests. Yeah, cool. I love this. Um, top three white whales uh, that are obtainable to me. Definitely want to get Michael Leto on here. I want to have a hash that out session. Yeah, that's my number one. Let's get him on. Let's Leto, talk about this. On. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, dad is the second one. Yeah. I definitely want to talk to my dad. Is he so, hesitant? Like, no, he wants said? to get on. Okay. Dad just works a shit ton. Like, oh, yeah, really? a lot, a lot. He only has like a couple. He's an over-the-road truck driver. So he drives oh. from Monday afternoon until Saturday afternoon. He's on the road. It's insane. Hard pass. So, yeah, making a shit ton of money, though. Definitely um, listening to this right now. Yes, he is. Love you, you, Pops. Um, And my third, I would say a white whale that I would have um, that's kind of out there. I would... I want to say my sister, just because she doesn't want to be on the pod. And I can't think of anyone else. So, yeah, Vanessa's my third one. why does she not want to? Real talk, I think she's not willing to talk about what she went through at the ages that I want to talk to her about. Yeah, she has a kid now, and it's on public record. I think she she remembers the good times, and she very much remembers the bad times because she was at the age where you will absolutely remember that kind of stuff. So my bits and pieces of Pine Top and moving down here and before that, she vividly remembers. And then we separated and she went to the Mexican side and- Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. When I moved in with Aunt Barbara, she was, again, 16, wanted to go party just like I did. And she went to the Mexican side and went through some pretty bad times. But she got out of it luckily and kind of did what I did. But yeah, I think she's hesitant on that. And then dream guests, Joe Rogan, number one. If I get on Joe Rogan, we all fucking made it, boys. So that's it right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, dream guests outside of that. Dream on. Yeah. Dream on. <laughs> hey, if we make it, we'll make it. Um, other than that, I don't really have any dream guests, to be honest with you. Um, if I had to pick a straw out of a hat, the guy from 98KUPD that I always listen to would be pretty cool. Um, and a third one. Today, I actually had the thought, I want to start tracking uh, guests or like DJs who come in that aren't that big. And just DM them and just have a stock DM that I'm like, hey, this is what I do. I'll come to you. I don't have that many followers or however I want to name it, but like, I just want to see if you'd be down for this. So then, I mean, you shoot a hundred cold calling. If you shoot 20 or 30 DMs, one of them is going to say yes. Sure. And they might have 2000 followers, but you know, it's better than nothing. So right. I think that might be my next one is just like an artist of some sort. Just go after it aggressively. Why not? Yeah, pe- people with good, uh, you know, personalities and like, yeah, Kenna, our last Kenna was one, badass. Kenna, she was awesome, dude. Like mm-hmm. I was going to talk to you about that. Cause that's she pretty, was amazing. Oh, I listened to it. It was nuts. Yeah. And like, I couldn't believe how young she was and how accomplished she was. So inspiring. um, Like, who is like, who would not be a good guest on this podcast? Um, That goes back to what Kai and I used to do in Franny. I'll break you. I'll, I'll like breaking you in the sense of even if you're not like willing to be here, if you sit down in that chair, there's a 1% chance you got in that chair somehow. So let's talk that I will, I can go to bat to save Anyone can come on this podcast and we'll have an awesome episode. Cool. 
Well, you heard it here first. Heard baby. it here first, baby. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of everybody in this room. Thank you, Nick Torres. What's your middle name? Oh, you Gilbert. We know um, Gilbert. All right, I'll say my fucking middle name, Father, because it's on my Mexican side. My middle name is. Just joking. It's Mendeville. It's Mendeville. Mendeville. Yeah. Nicholas Mendeville Torres. Yeah. That's a- it's got to be something other than Nikki T with a big wee wee. <laughs> Bring it back. Cheers, fellas. Love you. Cheers, guys. I love you. Great thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Smoke a joint. After hours. All right, just like that, everyone. The long, long session. Thank you so much for making it to part two. I still cannot believe how amazing it was to be a guest in this podcast. And not only because I'm typically the host, but truly this was an awesome way to, to reflect on a, on a portion of my life that I sometimes forget about even only being 29 and only it being 10, 11, 12 years ago. You kind of forget some of the stories until you're talking about it. So as always, thank you so much for all your support. If you're listening at this point, please be sure to get on our Instagram at the at my age pod at my age pod. We definitely want to see you there. Thank you again, everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed and until next time.